session with Dr. Farid Holakou. Good afternoon and welcome to In Session with Dr. Farid Halakwi. I'm your host, Dr. Farid Halakwi, and I'll be with you for the next two hours here on Radio Hamra. Studio number to call in, 310-441-0555. I'm a licensed clinical psychologist, so you can call in with any questions related to clinical psychology, including emotional or psychological issues, parenting issues, and relationship issues as well. You can also follow me on Twitter or Instagram or like my page on Facebook to get updates on the show or suggest books or topics for the program. And the shows are uploaded at the end of each week to my SoundCloud page and free podcast on iTunes. Again, our studio number 310-441-0555. Before I get to some callers, I wanted to make a few announcements. Uh, time is running out, but there still is time remaining to sign up for the first cruise I'll be doing March 9th through the 12th, that is next Friday through Monday morning um, with commercial travel. We'll be going to Ensenada and I'll be doing a few seminars on board related to topics like dating, relationships, success, amongst other things, and some question and answer sessions. We'll also have entertainment with DJ Alex and of course you can enjoy everything else that the carnival uh, cruise will have the, the ship is inspiration which should be a lot of fun so time is running out but you can still call commercial travel at 818-883-8100 hope to see you there next friday and also wanted to announce the book i mentioned on monday but the book for this week is mindful tech by david m levy mindful tech how to bring balance to our digital lives and uh, this book was recommended by Parnion in Seattle, so thank you for that recommendation. I started the book so far, and it really is uh, interesting and talks about how um, we can be more mindful in the way we use our technology and even has some exercises. I haven't got to them yet. So it's been an interesting read so far. That's Mindful Tech by David Levy. Again, a big thanks to Parnion for that recommendation. And if you have any recommendations for books, you can... Share them with me on any of my social media platforms and let me know. I'm always open to hearing about some new ideas for books to read to add to the list for Books of the Week. All right, let's go to a caller. Radio Hamra, you're on the air. Hello. Yes, hi. Hi, Doctor. Thank you so much for taking my call. My pleasure. Thanks for calling. Sure do. Uh, doctor, I have a daughter. She's 16 years old and the only child. Mm-hmm. And uh, since last year, or maybe more than one year, I have seen some sign of uh, depression on her, like uh, she's refusing uh, kind of her friend. Let me, can I stop you for a second? I don't know, are we on speakerphone? Yes, sir. Can you take it off of speaker? It's, it's giving a little bit of an echo. Sure. Thank you. Is it better now? Uh-huh. Okay, and uh, some sign of depression, I was telling you, yeah. Uh, angry, she's angry all the time with me. Most of the time with me, and uh, sometimes with her dad. And um, she's rejecting her friends. Uh, she doesn't invite them. She doesn't want to hang out with them. Uh, unless they call her and they make a plan with her. But as soon as they call and as soon as they come and get her, she's so happy that she do. She does uh, makeup and dress up and everything. And she go out with them. They have a lot of fun. I can see them laughing and talking all the time. 
But as soon as she walks in, in the house, she's 180 degree the opposite mm-hmm. from what he was. Mm-hmm. He gets, uh, I mean, kind of uh, low energy, and she goes to her uh, room, and she sits in her uh, bed with her phone all the time. Sorry, we're still getting a bit of an echo. Yes, hold on. Yes, are we off of speaker, you said? Yes, sir. Okay, because there's still a bit of an echo. I don't know what's causing that. I don't know. I hear you very clearly. I don't have any echo. Okay. Okay, so you're saying when she goes out with her friends, she has a good time, but when she's um, home, she's very withdrawn in her room and seems very down. That's right. And uh, complaining about I'm tired. Uh, she doesn't have energy to do anything, but when she's with her friends and she's out of home, she's completely normal. Okay. And, uh, that now, is my concern. I don't know what to do. And, uh, okay. Okay. Now, so to some degree, when, you know, at, at her age, she's supposed to be more involved with her friends than she is with you guys. So as much as you might not like that... Maybe she is going to have more of a good time with them than she is with you. The other concern, though, is that she might be putting up a front when she's outside and then really at home, that's how she actually feels and she might be depressed. So we want to we want to look at that. And being an only child, she might be even more, um, in a way, thirsty for that peer support or getting that uh, connection with people her age. So we want to be aware of that possibility. So you mentioned she's angry. How does she show her anger? Well, the first thing that I ask her, she answers me with yelling at me and uh, get out of my room. And uh, most of the time, I don't know, I don't care. She doesn't want to talk about anything to me unless she's mad. Maybe she needs something, like maybe she needs money or she needs me to take her somewhere. That's all. Mm -hmm. The rest of the time, she avoids me, kind of. She doesn't okay. want to see me at all, or I don't know. Hmm. I mean, it's so, so disappointing. Okay, well, let me uh, tell me about your relationship with her in general. How were you guys close before? Would you guys fight a lot? What what's what have things been like? She yeah, has been good, but uh, since she turned to maybe fourteen or fifteen, she started to uh, change. I noticed that that she was kind of uh, getting distance from me and didn't want to come close to me. Right, but, but, but like I, I understand. S- yes. Yeah, that's what I want you to recognize, that part of that is what we expect and is actually healthy, that she becomes, um, you know, closer to her friends and less close to you. Right. So let me ask you something. How is your marriage with your husband? Almost normal marriage. Well, we have had some hard time and uh, argument or maybe fight, but right now, especially right now because of her, we try to make the environment inside very quiet and, I mean, yeah. Okay. But are you and him very close? Me and my husband, you mean? Yeah. 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 We are good. No, I'm not just saying good as in you don't fight, but are you very close? Do you have a close relationship with him? What do you mean close? I mean, are you very connected to him? Do you guys communicate a lot? Do you spend time together? Do you enjoy your time with him? Yes. Yes, we do. Okay. 
You just hesitated. That's what was my concern. Because my concern is that you're um, so focused on her, uh, maybe because you're not getting enough in your other relationships, and that makes you even more wanting to get more from her, and she wants more space from you. Doctor, she's, uh, she did create uh, everything that she used to do. She used to do, I mean, play piano very beautifully. And she used to do exercise and go for tennis. She quit all of them. She doesn't want to go anywhere. She doesn't want to do anything. Okay. I mean, so it is possible she, she's not feeling good. She's maybe is depressed if you're saying she's giving up on, on a lot of those things. Although... Again, it could be she was doing those things because of you, and now she's choosing not to do them. What do you mean because of me? Well, she felt pressured by you to do them, let's say. Well, the first month that she said, I want to quit, I changed her uh, teacher, and she was happy with second teacher, but uh, after a little while, she said, I want to quit, and I let her quit. Mm-hmm. No, I didn't put that much pressure on her. Well, no, I mean to begin with. Did she feel like she was doing it for you? Let's say sometimes... No, she liked it. No, okay. she liked it. Okay, okay good. Okay. Well, then if she liked it, you know, it's possible. You know, to be honest, I remember I stopped playing when I was a teenager too, piano. In some ways, I wish I'd continued, but it, I did stop uh, wanting to play as much. So my motivation mm-hmm. had changed. Um, and there's a lot of other factors too. So those things can happen. I understand what you're saying. Your concern is how angry she is and how down she seems to be. But you have to be careful that you're not trying to tell her she has to tell you what she's feeling. Your job is going to have to be to try to create a relationship that she likes and that she wants to have with you. Right now, she doesn't want to have any kind of relationship with me. All the doors are closed Okay. Me, so I tried a lot, but okay. none of them did work. Okay, so what you can try to do is to ask, you know, you could tell her it seems like you are mad at me, you're upset with me, and I'm, I'm wondering why, or I want to understand why. Or another way of even for me to ask you that is, if you think she's mad at you, why do you think she might be mad at you? I really don't know. I have to ask her. Um, the only thing, one time she told me, you tell me the things that I'm going to do that, and next time you don't do that. So she says you don't keep your word. Right. Do you think that's right. true? Well, the thing that I tell her is not a promise, but she thinks that that one was a promise. Like, I take you out to, um, for dinner. If something happened and I cannot take her out, she says, you promised me. I said, yeah, I didn't promise. I said, I will do that. But this happened and I couldn't take you. But- and I'm sorry about that. And I will do it as soon as you want that she doesn't accept my apologize. Well, I mean, she, you know, she has a point. Yes, I understand. If, if I tell someone I'm going to see you tonight at 8, it's not actually like a promise or a contract in that way, but it is giving my word. So if you're doing that often, I could see how she doesn't like that. Does that happen a lot? To her, I guess, yeah. Okay. Because she says all the time you do this. Yeah, and sometimes, you know, all the time, I don't, I honest, I know that it's not going to be literally every time or all of the time, but maybe that happens. So why do you think that happens, that you tell her you're going to do something and it doesn't happen? Hmm. Well, it's the life, sometimes something happens and you cannot do the things that you had a plan for them to do. Okay, but I mean, like, if you say you're going to take her to dinner, what, what's, what happens in life that makes it so you couldn't go to dinner? 
No, dinner never happened. Okay, I you're just giving an example. Exam. Okay. Yes, sir. Okay, but can you try to think of examples? Because I want to understand what she means, or what I want to understand what you're doing. If you're if you're letting things get in the way, or if you're making it things too big of a deal, then maybe but she has a point. The long time since I heard that complaint from her, I tried to. Uh, I mean, I did everything that I tell her, okay. and uh, I tried to not break my word. Okay. Even if, uh, I, like, I told her we're going to mall, but my sister came and she said, "Let's go that place." I said, "No," because she wants to go there, and I told her I'm going there. We're going to the mall. Yeah, I think so, that's good and that's fair. Um, let me ask you another question: What's her relationship like with her father? Um, yeah, almost the same, but she. She's not that much close to him because most of the time he's at work and most of the places that she wants to go, I take her and uh, okay. he's not, uh, I mean, he is in the picture, but like 30%, 35%. Okay. 70% is me. Okay, but so you're saying he's not home a lot of the time? Uh, not a lot of the time. Five days he works. At weekends he's at, work, at home. Okay. But, I mean, has he been very involved since she was little? Is she is he always yeah, around? Yeah, he has been around 40%. Not that much, but right now, most of the time, it's me, me and her. Okay, and that could be a problem. I think, I'm not sure, the way you describe it, maybe he wasn't involved as much as you make it seem, or maybe you're not as close to him as you're saying. I, I'm not sure, because I'm trying to understand what's happening. My concern is that you're too dependent on your daughter. Dependent, hard, hard, Meaning, dependent on her. not dependent as in for survival, but as in emotionally that you want to be very close to her. So when she gets further away from you, you feel. Also, I don't want to be close to her. I understand the distance okay. and I have a respect for that. Okay. All, all I need, you know, I mean, find out what's going on. There yes. And okay. Make sure that she's in the Good. Place, right place. Yes. So what you what I would say is you need to try to talk to her in a way that she wants to have the conversation. She's not going to be open to me at all. And okay. uh, one thing I forgot to tell you, she mm -hmm. used to write a journal maybe two years ago. I had to uh, read that uh, normal, I mean, journal because uh, she didn't say anything to me. Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. You had to read her journal? Yeah, I, because I had to find out what's going on in her mind. I don't. I don't agree with that. I know you don't, but okay. that was that was so important. Yeah, because, but but uh, see, but what you had one time she had uh, uh -huh. um, she cut her uh, skin uh, because something happened at the school, and uh, the boys who used to be her friends they did uh, reject her, and she got so mad, and I saw that cutting on her hand. Mm -hmm. and I had to read her uh, journal find out what's going on. Well, again, so what did you, why did she say she cut herself? She said those reasons, or she... she just, no, she just yelled at me, leave me alone, and uh, get out of my room. That's okay. All. Well, I mean, you know, cutting can be concerning, and actually, I, I don't know if you heard my show Monday night, but I was talking about cutting on um, Monday night's show, because I, I discussed a book about cutting. So I'd recommend that you look into it some more. And I, we'll talk about it some more, but I want to get into it uh, in, a, in a deeper way because you mentioned also the cutting, but also what maybe you can do to try to connect to her because uh, it seems like she is pushing you away. 
But oftentimes people who turn to cutting, want, for one, there can be abuse in the past. There definitely doesn't have to be, but there can be. But also, um, most of the times it means they have a hard time communicating their emotions or they feel like they don't have anywhere to share their emotions, which means she didn't feel like she had that from you and uh, her father, which is something we should look at. So just hang on. We're going to talk after the break a little bit more, okay? okay. All right. All right, studio number 3104410555. We'll be right back. Welcome back. Before the break, we're with a caller. Let's go back to her now. Caller, are you still there? Yes, thank okay. You so much. Sure. Thank you. We're talking about your daughter. Uh, she's 16 years old. You have some concerns about uh, her being depressed because of her behavior in the home. Lots of anger. And actually, I should mention, anger can be a sign of depression in all ages, but even more in children and adolescents. Something to keep in mind uh, for anyone listening. Sometimes we think if someone's depressed, they're going to be so low in energy, and if we see them angry, that means they're not depressed. But very often, actually, it's expressed in that way. Um, but you're, you did mention something at the end of the call, which I, I think is important to talk about, the cutting. Now, has she? have you seen any other signs of that since that time when she was 14? Uh, um, I don't think so. But uh, uh, let me add this one, too. Sure. In her journal, I found some picture, of, uh, picture that she did draw, and it was a... Uh, Crying girl and some negative thoughts like I'm fat, I'm ugly, I'm dumb, stupid. She's very small, very beautiful girl, but all the time in her journal you can see a lot of those negative thoughts and negative things about herself. Okay. And a very sad poem she wrote. So. Uh, are you are you are you still reading her journal? She stopped uh, maybe around eight months ago. Okay. Uh, you know, I mean, to me, again, that's a violation of her trust. I don't, you know, I don't like when parents do things like that. Um, and I did consult with some another psychologist. She asked me to do that. She said, because of her safety, you have to do that, like a police woman. Okay. You have to watch what she's doing and what she's thinking about. Okay. Because now, she's not opening to me. Because of her safety, I have to do that. That's okay. what I did. Now, one thing, you know, although cutting can lead to suicidal behavior, someone who is that depressed can become suicidal. So I'm not going to say right. they're unrelated, but cutting is very different from suicide, even though people think, well, if they're putting a blade to themselves, what's the difference between someone who's trying to put a blade to die? But it is a different feeling. They often do it to get a relief from emotional pain and distress. But what that's telling us is that your daughter is one, you're right, she seems to be depressed and feeling a lot emotionally. She's going through a lot of emotional disturbance, but also that she feels uh, unable to communicate that with anyone. If she is indeed cutting still, or even if she did, that tells us she was feeling very alone in her pain. And that's a problem. Um, I get the feeling you guys might be more distant from her even before than you think, or maybe you put a pressure on her that you didn't realize before to be open to you? I don't know, Doctor, about that, but uh, one more thing that I have to mention mm -hmm. is 
genetic part, which is uh, in my family from my side, I had in my, I mean, yeah, my ankle had uh, schizophrenia. Okay. And I found out this one maybe years after she was born. So I was thinking maybe she got some of those genes from part of us. There, yeah, definitely. It's going to be in, in, your, in your genetics for sure. So she could have something. Doesn't mean she's going to have schizophrenia, but it, it could contribute to how she's she's doing. How about from her father's side? Anything that her you? Her father's side, uh, I didn't see that much. But her father, by himself, he had kind of uh, like shame or shy, being shy all the time with the people, and kind of anxiety I can see. Mm-hmm. She, he drinks uh, beer a lot, and I can see that uh, there's something wrong with him too, but... Uh, but when you say he drinks he drinks beer a lot, how much are, are you talking about? Almost every day. Okay. Almost every One day? Yes. Okay. One or two. Yeah. That's not a good sign. Um, that does he have a lot of anxiety? I mean, you mentioned the shyness. Does he show anxiety yeah. in other ways? He's very shy and very low in self confidence and self. Uh, okay, self esteem. Yes. Okay, uh, and then how would you describe him as a parent? Is he is he then? My concern would be he'd be judgmental if he's very shy the way you're describing him. Does he? Ex- he's shy when he's with other people, out of in the society. No, I know, but I mean, is he very? Does he have high expectations for your daughter? Yes, yes, he does. Okay, so how does he show her that? He was. He used to tell her that you have to get all A in your school. I told him. I mean, I asked him, yeah. and I stopped doing. I'm mean, telling her this because. He wasn't a good student at all at the first place. How could you expect your daughter to be eight, straight eight in all her subjects? Yeah, so that, I mean, that means so, that's putting a lot of too much pressure on her. That's what we're talking right. about. And it, maybe that has affected her. And of course, that also when you tell someone you have to get all A's, um, that it, that's about school, but in general, it gives them the feeling you can't talk about having problems or issues because you're supposed right. to be perfect. You're supposed to not make mistakes. You're supposed to do everything right. So that I think your daughter is very alone. And I know you want to be there for her, but she probably she felt is. very alone. And she is very alone, yes, sir. And uh, unfortunately, the only person who she has to spend her, most of her time is me. And uh, she doesn't want that. I'm not interested about that one either. But I cannot do anything. I... Suggest her, ask her, please ask your friend to come here. We go out, I take you to a restaurant, to park, to any place that you want. Just, I mean, she doesn't respond to it. Mm-hmm. Okay, maybe. No, I don't know. Okay. At all. And what is your husband's, um, what does he think about what's going on with he her? He thinks uh, she's okay and she's going to pass this period of time behind. And she's going to be okay when she turns to... Okay, I don't know what's going to change, but did she? Uh, does he know about the cutting and what? She, how she was doing a couple yeah, years ago? Yeah, I told him. Yeah, I told him. And what was his reaction to that? I just told him that I asked uh, the counselor at her school, and uh, the counselor asked us to uh, open up with her and talk to her about it, and that's it. I know, but what did he say? He didn't say anything. 
when I told him that I want to go to school and talk to the counselor, he just said, okay, go and talk to them. Okay, I mean, the the picture you're drawing is he's much less involved than you were trying to tell me before. He seems like he's bare, he's like he's like a ghost. He is not that. I guess he doesn't want to deal with anything serious. To. He doesn't want to talk about anything that's actually going on. Your daughter's but cutting. He wants to talk, but he wants me to make a decision. Okay, about that that's everything. what I mean. Okay, but that means he's not very involved. But most of the time, maybe because he doesn't have that much idea of what to do. It's not just about ideas. I'm not saying you guys need to write a book about parenting. I'm saying you have to communicate no, with your child. No, I ask him what to do, he doesn't have any idea that much, other than me. I know, but it's not just about ideas. It's about talking, about communicating, about being there. I'm not saying... I think you're thinking if you have to come up with a, a strategy. I'm saying you mean talk to your, You mean talking to my daughter or talking Yes, to talking to your daughter, being involved, being concerned... Oh, our daughter is cutting her skin, bleeding, because she's hurting emotionally. That's a big deal. But I get the feeling he can't handle it, so he just checks out. And when you say he drinks every night, it seems like he's just checking out. And when you tell me he's very connected to you, I don't think so. If he's drinking every night, doesn't tell me he's going to be that available. So more and more, I'm getting the feeling that you're, you're also very alone, too. Oh, yeah, that's right. And I think, you you know, both you and your husband might have some level of denial about things because when I asked you about the, the family, you made it seem like he's involved or he's he's present, he's good, you guys are very connected, things are good, but I don't get the feeling you're very happy in the marriage either. Well, I'm not, but that's not my concern right now. I know, but my concern is that you have to make yourself a concern about your life too. You have to make sure you're okay. Because it seems like in your family, emotions haven't been something that are easy to talk about. And that's why your daughter is so closed off emotionally. You mean she's like this because of our relationship? Because of your relationship, because of how your husband clearly is not comfortable talking about feelings. So that was never part of the conversations that she was able to have with her. And she never saw you and him probably talk about feelings in a good way. So... When we look at cutting, and I know maybe she doesn't even do that anymore. I hope she stopped, but it's possible she does it and doesn't show that to you. Um, but there still is, you talked about the low self-esteem, the way she feels about herself. But in the family, it just seems like emotions aren't something that can be talked about. And so she's trying to find a way to deal with her feelings. And she doesn't feel like she can come to you guys because you guys haven't shown her that you can handle it or that you can be there uh, with her. My guess is if she came and told her dad she was cutting, I don't know how he would respond. Either he would probably get really, really mad or he would just pretend like it's nothing. Either way, she wouldn't get a response from him. But since she asked us to get off of my room, we didn't, I mean, we did listen to her and we got out. Well, yeah, I mean, she should have her own room and her own privacy and space. That That's, no matter no matter what, she should have that. Um but, you know, I, I want you to see the picture of the, the household is that your daughter didn't have a chance. You're saying, why doesn't she open up to me? It's that she, she probably never felt safe emotionally to open up in the family. What do you mean safe? Safe as in that the way you guys would respond would feel good. I don't mean safe as an actual to, danger. You know, we do respond to her, but she doesn't want to show any feeling toward us. Even she, she used to write some... A card for Christmas or my birthday or something, mm-hmm. and writing "I love you, mom," "Happy birthday" or "Happy Mother's Day." But after two or three years, exactly the same time that those symptoms started, uh, she just writes uh, 
Hadi Berde, that's it. I know, but her, right, but I, but I mean, her writing "I love you" in a card it doesn't mean she's expressing a lot of feelings. Anyway, she's not writing that anymore. No, I know. I can understand you're saying it's gotten worse, but I think you're missing that in the family. You guys don't have uh, a comfortable conversations about emotions, feelings. She's very closed off because she doesn't feel like she can talk to you. And even in talking to you, I can feel a lot of anxiety from you, anxiety from her dad. And so she probably doesn't think you guys can handle what she's going through. Hmm. So, so that would be my what concern. What about the genetic part? What well, yeah, that, that? There's some, there could be something there. I, I'm not, you know, I wouldn't say diagnose her with schizophrenia, but yeah, it could definitely contribute to what she's going through. Definitely that's there. But we can't change the genetic part. What you can try to change is how you relate to her how you communicate with her and so how, how could i communicate well i mean first of all you, communication with her yeah it sounds like it's going to be very hard and so you have to expect that first of all one thing is it seems like she doesn't give you much of a chance but make sure if you ever do have a conversation with her she's talking more than you so if right. you know because i know a lot of parents they they sit their kids down and give them 20 minute lectures that's not a conversation that's a lecture or a, you know just a, a presentation we're talking about back and forth. So you ask her short questions and see if she'll tell you anything. And she's hurting. Like what? Short question like what? Like, you know, you know, and a time when she's more calm. If she says, get out of my room, okay, that's not the time. But if there is a time when she's more calm or more open to talking, you ask her about how she's doing. Or you can even, you know, a good way to, to start a conversation and she might not want to have it, but you and your husband can apologize to her for how you guys haven't made her comfortable to talk to you so you know i don't i know I was thinking about writing a letter to her that might maybe be easier would... maybe it's easier but you know if you write the letter you have to make sure it doesn't come on too strong it's more about i care about you i love you i'm sorry if anyway I've, I've hurt you or haven't been a good mom i've been trying my best but i know i've made lots of mistakes um and i feel that you're in pain at times and even angry with me and I can understand you're angry with me, but I, I hope we can talk about it. And even you can talk about how I know that it's hard for you to talk to me and your dad about what you're going through. And that's why I think it would be a good idea if we found you someone to talk to outside of the family, like a therapist. Because I get the feeling that you have a lot of pain and that you're sad. And that makes me sad because I love you, but I want you to get help because you deserve to get help. Has she ever talked about therapy? Has that conversation ever come up? Well, when she was uh, around maybe 12 or 13, I took her to a psychologist because I saw and I felt something going on. Yeah. She came maybe two or three times or maybe five maximum. Mm -hmm. And after that, she didn't come out. Uh, she didn't come out of the car and she said, I don't want to come. I went to the psychologist and I told her that she's not coming out. That's okay, let her stay there and you come, I talk to you. Mm -hmm. And after that, that was the final. Yeah, I wouldn't force her to come. I mean, 12, she's very, 16 is very different than 12. You know, there could be, a, and, and you know, something I, I did briefly mention, do you know of any type of abuse in her past, physical, sexual? Uh, 
No, no. Okay, okay. Um, you know, because it could be she's. I'm not sure exactly what we're dealing with yet with her. It could be more significant, like something of a personality issue, or it could just be a depression. But the way you talk about how extreme she is, I, I'm concerned about maybe some possibilities of personality disorders that could be there. But we need her to get help immediately. So what I always tell anyone, but especially with parents, is you have to try to connect to her at her pain, where she's not feeling good. Because we know the pain is there. And not in a way of making her feel bad about it or judging her or showing even too much worry. Because if you get too anxious about it or too worried, it's going to make her shut down. But showing that you care and you understand that she's going through pain and hope that you can connect to her some way through that. That I get the feeling you're not happy and I'm sorry for anything I've done that doesn't make you happy, but I want to help you in any way I can. And I also realize I might not be the one that can help you. And so if you think you'd like to go to a therapist, you know, we'd be more than happy to get someone because me and your dad, we don't do a really good job talking about feelings. And I'm sorry about that. I think you need to let her know that because whether she's consciously aware of it, I'm sure unconsciously she is, that we can't talk. And her father drinking every night, that's a concern for me, that she sees that and she's aware of that. And your husband... He's at work, and then if he comes home and he drinks, he's not really available the way you're saying he is. One or two drinks is not going to, you know, maybe it's not so much, but still it just shows some level of checking out. Right. That's right. So, you know, I think we, we need her to get help. I understand you're concerned. You have the right to be concerned, but the concern alone is not going to change anything. What you have to try to do is connect to her and even make sure you're telling her positive things. Do you, do you tell her... Do you give her compliments or tell her good things about herself? Of course, all the time. Okay, good. Stop, stop, mom. Yeah, okay, then stop. you and then stop. When she says stop, stop. Because some good. Because sometimes parents can do over the over the top types of compliments that kids don't like. You know, you want to give the compliments have to be genuine. If you say you're the most beautiful, the most gorgeous, you're the you know, that stuff is not gonna do so much. But if she does something, say, Oh, you know, like you really tried hard on that assignment or I saw you studying so hard, you know, I really think your effort is great. Those kinds of more meaningful stuff is better than just the empty, you're the smartest, prettiest, greatest, loveliest. No, you can still tell about, her those things. not about her appearance, okay. about what she has done. Okay, and, good. Uh, That's no, good. But she rejects those things from me too. Good. Uh, but the thing is, you know, the thing is also, you know, when you talked about the boys and how much she was affected by their impact, first of all, Kids are always going to care about that or, you know, we're always going to be concerned about those things. But even more, it seems like she probably hasn't gotten enough from her father. And so she's going to be seeking that out even more. So you need to also talk to your, your husband and say he needs to be more involved in a positive way in her life. And, and she needs more attention and love from him. It doesn't seem like he's giving enough. So I that's... don't know, but sometimes when we take her to school in the morning, she comes to me and tells me, can you take me to a school? Some days I take her, some days my husband takes well, her. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying, I mean, she wants more from her dad, but I think she also wants more from him in how he is. I'm not just saying she wants to spend all this time with him. She might be mad at him. So, I mean, I think by more, I mean she's needed more and now she might be upset. But, you know, if he, if she doesn't want to go to therapy, you and your husband should go because the family sure. system is not working. So if she's, all of you can go, but if you can't get her to go, I'd say what you can control is yourself. You and your husband need to go to therapy. Things I think are not right in the marriage and things are not right in how you guys are parenting 
and the whole system. So, so don't just focus on her and think we have to just help her. We have to make the whole family system work better. Doctor, uh, about the therapies, uh, I have been asking around, and uh, they told me, I mean, some of them recommend me psychiatric, and uh, some of them recommend me uh, some counselor, which is, uh, I don't know which one is... I, well, I think both, she needs both. She's going to need both. So I think the way you describe her but medication... Which one start first? Um, whichever one she's willing to go to. You know, you can't force her. If she's willing to go to both, then just take her to both. But don't, uh, you know, I think she might need medication the way you're describing her depression. But first, I would say therapist first, if you can get her there to make a connection with someone. Okay. So counselor who has a PhD, do you think? That would be good more than likely, but the most important thing is that she connects to them. So it might have to be someone on the younger side, but, but let her tell you. She has to feel connection. If she doesn't feel connection, go to the next one. Then we have to change it? If yeah, of course, absolutely, of course. It has to be her. She has to be the one. Okay, how many times should I, I mean, how many sessions she has to go until she tells us? I mean, you have to let, you know, she could after the first time tell you, I don't like that person at all. And you say, okay. Because she has to feel, again, a connection. It's about her, not about if you like the person or not. And if she wants to play with us and change 10 Yes, she might. I can't, I can't promise you what's going to happen. So you have to, you know, you have to try to communicate with her and see what's going on. It's, I can't tell you exactly. It's very smart, doctor. If yeah. she knows that we listen to her, we listen to her every time that she says, I don't want it, she's going to start this game with us forever. She yeah. might. I mean, um, we have to try to start somewhere. I mean, there's no, I can't give you a, exactly a perfect plan that we're going to know when she's uh, manipulating you or if she's actually genuine. I'm just saying you have to show her that she's going to pick her therapist, not you. Okay, so I have to, I mean, I can give her maybe two or three options and tell her choose one of those. Well, I know, but don't even make it like ultimatum. Say, okay, I want you to connect with your therapist. You're already getting into like a place of making it you against her. Don't make it a power struggle. Say, okay, let's go see this therapist. What did you think? Not, I'm only going to give you two more names, so you better pick one of these. So go see, what did you think of the therapist and talk? And, And then you have to go from there. Let's get her there first. And then let's deal with that problem if we have to. Hmm. Okay. okay. And do you recommend me to, I mean, be around her less or more? Yeah, I mean, don't, you know, I would, in a way she wants, she has to want it. You have to try to connect with her. If she wants to watch a show with you, if she wants to do something with you, yes, but don't force her to spend time with you. She doesn't want to do anything. Okay. You can ask her, but again, it has to be from her desire. She tells me when she wa- she, when she is watching movies, she asks me to leave. And okay. I do it immediately. Good. Yeah, you have to give her. And again, at her age, she wants more space from you guys. But I think she's more mad at you guys, and that's what we have to get at that anger. She's angry with you guys. Please. Yeah. I got to I got to get to other callers too, but uh, you know, I wish you the best. Maybe if you'd like to call in a few weeks, you can. But I, I want to get to some other people that are on the line. Sure, yes. Okay. Sure, Thank you nice talking to you. Good luck. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. You're listening to In Session with Dr. Fadir We will be right back. Welcome back. Let's go to another caller. Radio Hamra, you're on the air. 
Hi, Dr. Holtzman. Thank you very much for taking my call. My pleasure. Thanks for calling. Thank you. Um, I'm, I'm hoping I can kind of make this, uh, I'll give you my background and everything, but I'm hoping to kind of make this more of a general question and hopefully okay. it helps more than just me. Um, unfortunately, I'm, I'm going through a divorce right now. Um, I've been with my wife for 11 years. We've been married for 11 years. We've been together for 16 years. We have two kids. Um, and over the years, we've been to couple of therapy, you know, uh, three times. Um, uh-huh. And really the, the, the demise of the uh divorce, and this is one of the tough things, is, is there's not one issue. You know, it, it's it's not about infidelity or, you know, finances, money, anything like that. It's kind of a death by a million cuts. Uh-huh. Um, and so one of the things for me is, is uh, you know, just trying to understand when we've gotten to this point, right, trying to figure out what exactly was it, right? And it's difficult to pinpoint because, again, it's not one thing. Uh-huh. Uh, but some of the things that, that my wife has, has said to me was, you know, for one thing, she felt like I was never able to defend her, uh, be that from my family or, you know, in the presence of strangers or anything like that, that that she's kind of a very um, uh, confident and, you know, a very straightforward person. And, and I'm a little bit more passive. So when she gets into arguments with people and things like that, sometimes I kind of shy away from those situations. Uh, but that was one of the things she complained about. Another one of the things that she complained about was, you know, she would start to say things like, you know, that in certain situations that I would always yell at her when, when I went talking to her, I would, I would, I would yell at her. I would disrespect her, disrespect her in front of her uh, family. Um, and she says herself that, you know, she knows I never did these things intentionally. And to be completely honest, you know, these things that she said to me about, you know, yelling at her or being disrespectful are things that nobody in my life has ever said to me before. You know, it's not the type of, of person that I am. Hmm. Even her family is, you know, they, they say the same things. Her family, you know, I've talked to her uh, mom and dad since, you know, we told about we told them about the divorce. And they still say, you know, they could never imagine a, a better husband for their daughter and they love me, I'll always be their son, all that kind of stuff. So it, it's something that, that's very kind of, it clashes with my own, understanding of myself and apparently from everybody else's understanding of me. Mm-hmm. The other thing is, you know, because I couldn't understand some of these things from her, I'm, again, my relationship with her family is very good. So I went and I talked to her mom as well to say, you know, from your perspective, what are some of the things that I was doing wrong? Um, and her mom, again, said the same thing, you know, if, if you know, I, I couldn't find a better husband for my, my daughter or anything. But what she told me was, even though you don't even though you mean well, you're kind of naive. And, and a lot of the things that you say are kind of ignorant. They, you don't mean for them to hurt or to cause pain to people, but sometimes that's exactly what happens, right? Hmm. And so the problem and kind of what, it, what, I, what I want to get to here is being a good husband and a good father has been my identity since I was a child. It, in my family, it, it, everybody always pointed to me as the person who's going to be a father, who's going to be a good husband, and during the time that we've been married, everybody has always said that, right? Not just about me, but about us. Our, our you know, it's it's a complete shock to everyone that we're getting divorced, and they say that you know they looked at us as kind of a model marriage. Uh, but because this was so important to me, and because the divorce is now happening, I'm kind of hitting an existential crisis, right? Because mm. this was everything I wanted in life, and I literally put every ounce of myself into this, and it failed. So. You know, it's kind of trying to figure out where I go next. Yeah. So the questions, the, the, the things that kind of I'm struggling with here is, uh, you know, 
I still want to be a husband, right? I think this relationship is done. I've, I've tried, and it's, it's not going to work. But moving forward, I want to be a good husband to somebody, right? I, but in order to do that, I need to learn from the mistakes and things that, that have been made. The problem yeah. is her views of me, there's three things I wanted to, to, to call out here and then, and then listen to your response here. The number one thing is that her views of me, the things that she said about me, are so completely out of character with who I believe I am and who others have always told me I am, right, that I don't even know how to address those things. Number two is, you know, if, if what they're saying is true, that I'm naive and, and ignorant in the things that I say, I don't even realize that I'm hurting people. How is that something that, that one can kind of address? If there are mistakes that, you know, you, you'll, you mean the best intentions, but they always come out hurtful, you know, how is that something you can address? And, and third of all, you know, I don't know what the fine line there is between, you know, this is who I am, and everybody in my life has always said one thing about me, said good things, positive things about me, and I, I try to be a positive person. Or, you know, how much do I focus on these things that other people, you know, that, that, that these couple of people have told me that, you know, do I change my entire life now because of, you know, these couple of comments? Mm-hmm. On the one hand, I don't want to be dismissive of it, right? But on the yeah. other hand, I feel like over the last couple of weeks, it's something that's kind of paralyzed me. Hmm. Yeah, there, there's a lot going on, and, and there's a lot more I want to get into. But what's interesting also for me is when you talked about the problems in the marriage, you only mentioned her problems with you. Do you have any problems with her? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so, so this is actually one of the other things, right, is because in the times that we've gone through therapy and things like that, right, mm-hmm. over the last two or three years. So let, let's go back just, just the last year. So uh, about a year ago, you know, the, the last two years or so, I've kind of felt um, kind of distant. I've, I've felt lonely, right? Mm-hmm. In a, and within our, our marriage and everything, I felt very lonely. And I've told her those things before, and it just kind of, I guess, fell sort of on deaf ears. I think her thing was that she had problems with me and I had problems with her and it was kind of a, you know, chicken or the egg problem. But eventually last year, you know, at some point I had decided, you know, we need to work on this. So I looked and I found a a couples counselor and we went with the couples counselor and we talked about all of our problems. Mm -hmm. Now, one of the things for me was because clearly I was not able to understand the things that she was complaining about, right? I've always tried to be, again, a good husband. I always try to address I think, the issues and problems. I think that might be part of the problem, is um, that you're so focused on being good and being the nice guy that maybe you were not paying attention to what you felt and needed yourself, and maybe you weren't fully in it. And by that I mean you wanted it to work fully, but rather than being yourself, you were just preoccupied with making it work, being a husband and a father rather than being you in the relationship as a husband and a father. That's something I'm hearing, and how, and that's why even I asked about what you felt. It was almost like you know, you weren't even concerned about what your problems were. You could just deal with them if you had to. You could you know, swallow it and, and go forward, right. but you were worried about her until it got to a point which happens often in that type of personality where you start to resent the person because you are, you've been holding on to so much. So I'm getting the sense that, and the way you described that your whole life was you know, focused on being a father, being a husband, being a good guy, 
uh, that you were so focused on being a good guy that you weren't fully yourself and aspects of your personality might not have been in the relationship. And maybe you were less happy than you thought, but you just were so preoccupied with, I have to make this work because my, my identity is father and husband that you weren't allowing yourself to be fully yourself. Now, I, we started this segment late because I'd ended late the last time. So we're going to go to a commercial break. But after the break, I want to talk with you some more. Uh, you could tell me more about your own you know, concerns or things you were dealing with, and we can dig a little bit deeper, okay? Sounds good. All right. You're listening to In Session with Dr. Fadi Delokwi. We'll be right back. back before the break with the caller let's go back to him caller are you still there yes i'm here all right so we're talking about um you said you're in the process of a divorce 11 year marriage you guys have been together 16 years um two kids and you you know you mentioned being in a kind of existential crisis because so much of your identity was tied into being a husband and a father and also the things that you at least are being told are causing this divorce a lot of them are hard for you to really process or make sense of because they don't seem to be part of your character. At least that's what you see and what people have told you. And then also a complaint of you being naive, uh, saying things that you don't realize are going to hurt someone. You wonder, well, how can I change that if I'm not even aware of what I'm doing or saying? And uh, also you said something about a thin line of, you know, is being who you are and are you supposed to change it and all that? So there's, a, I could understand there's a lot you're you're going through. As I mentioned before the break, I was wondering if your own, uh, you were in touch with your own needs, wants, feelings throughout this relationship and marriage, and maybe there's a preoccupation with just making it work because you wanted to have that role. Um, did you think about that at all over the break? And also, the second part of the question is going more into what your concerns were about the relationship, which you you started on before the break. Yeah, so, um, again, I mean, as far as answering the question of, you know, how how concerned was I with my own wants and needs. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I knew that, that there were things that I wanted, there were things that I needed that I wasn't getting, right? Mm-hmm. But, you know, they, they say the phrase, happy wife, happy life. I, I, I kind of, I, I truly believe that, right? That, that in a marriage, in my opinion, right, in a marriage, for me as the husband, I need to be concerned with my wife and, and what her needs are and, and what her wants are and, and to try to address the things that she wants and needs. And if I'm able to do that, then, then she would, uh, then I'm sure that she would also be reciprocating that, right? That that to me is a good marriage where you're both concerned about the other person, right? Now there were wants and needs, things that I wanted, right? So for example, I said, you know, it's been two plus years now where I've kind of felt alone, right? That, you know, when my wife comes home, she really is not excited to see me or happy to see me or, you know, it's, it's not that, you know, she's not happy or excited. It's just, you know, I, it's one of the things that we've talked about with, with my counselor and everything is that her and I kind of have a, a, a role reversal mm-hmm. where I'm more of kind of a, a stay-at-home mom. I mean, we both work, but I seem to be more of like the stay-at-home mom where 
I'm more excited to be with the kids. I play with the kids. I cook for the kids. I take them to school, that kind of stuff. And she's more of the traditional man where she's kind of a high executive job, constant business trips, business meetings, and that kind of stuff. And so within that kind of dynamic, what was what felt like was happening was, you know, I spend a lot of time with the kids and stuff like that. And when she comes home, I kind of feel like, you know, oh, there's an adult here, you know, now I have some time for meeting my own needs. Whereas I think she was coming home and she felt, you know, oh, my gosh, I just spent this entire day talking to all of these people. I'm exhausted. I need some me time, right? So that was one of the things that was causing a rift between us, right? And so there were things that that I had told her and things that I brought up in our counseling sessions, right? But throughout the year when we were working with the counselor, you know, I constantly tried to address the issues and stuff that, that she would complain about. And in working with the counselor, the counselor was saying, you know, oh, no, you're doing a good job. You're doing this. You're doing that. And kind of to jump in here, the, the other point that you were saying about, you know, you're only doing things to make it work, it was true to a, a tiny extent, right? So there were some things that I was doing at the start of the, you know, the counseling sessions where I felt, you know, I need to do this because this is what it's going to take to make her happy. But as I started to do those things, what the, the interesting thing for me was I started to feel kind of sparks and uh, kind of feelings and things that I hadn't felt for so long, a connection to mm-hmm. her, you know, while I was doing those things. So while it initially was, you know, I need to do this to her, once I started doing it, I felt the connection. I felt the reward from doing those types of things. And the problem was, even though I was doing that, even though I was getting those connections, it seemed like none of the things that I was complaining about were, were being addressed or being worked on. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things that I had brought up was, you know, I would talk to her and I would say, hey, you know, when we went out yesterday to the to the mall or whatever, you know, I really felt a genuine connection to you. I felt like, you know, we had something there. Did you feel the same way? And her answer was always, you know, no, I really didn't feel anything. Right. Hmm. So it, it was I mean, it's clear that, you know, there were there were other issues and things like that. She's the type of person who really I mean, things were still coming up from, you know, when we were going on our honeymoon. Right. Issues. She'd never forget an issue. So those types of things that pile up, she's not easy, she doesn't really easily forget those things. But what happened towards the end here is, well, you know, when I complained about that and I said, you know, I tried everything. I tried working on this and it never seemed like you tried. Her answer to that was, you know. You're right. I didn't try. During this last year, I, I was so sick and tired that I didn't want to try to, you know, work on the things that you were complaining about. Mm. So, again, these are things that kind of the, the marriage is broken, right? That, that it's again, unfortunately, it's, it's something that's beyond repair. But again, now my focus is trying to say moving forward. I don't want this to happen again. I just don't know. Again, I, I don't know how much of this is her personality because she is a personality that I've, I've never seen before unfortunately or fortunately or unfortunately she's a very strong independent woman and unfortunately for me that type of a woman inherently doesn't need anyone yeah right so for her it was the divorce and stuff is kind of something she's doing to liberate herself from what she felt was was bad right for me again I don't I want to learn from this but I don't know how much I need to be paralyzed by the things that she said that don't make sense to me versus being dismissive of what she's saying which I also don't want to do. Right. Well you we want to make sure obviously like you said you learn from it. What you said at the end was interesting. I get the feeling you want to feel needed. I, I mean I think yeah I, I think <laughs> I, it's 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 something that I think that's one of the the 
I guess, positives I see from this is, yeah, I think everybody wants to feel needed to some extent. To a degree, but in a relationship, it shouldn't be about need. It should be about want. And, of course, you you support each other, you rely on each other, you do a lot for each other. But even in the way you said she was independent, it almost seems like, again, I'm getting this feeling of you as, and you even mentioned kind of you being more of the nurturing type in the relationship, like you were more at home and all that. It's that you're this caregiver. It's all about the other person. And still, you still didn't say much about what you were unhappy about. It's like you kind of touch on it, but it goes back to her. And, you know, you said happy wife, happy life. And I get it. And it rhymes. So people like it. But it's not really a, a, a recipe for a happy marriage, because I think, unfortunately, it was happy wife and you had no life like you didn't really exist. Right. And that's the right. problem. It was only about her. It wasn't about right. you. And maybe you found someone who was that way. Again, and this could be the way you felt about it, but it seems like she was more focused on herself than you, and you were only right. focused on her, essentially. Of course, that's not going to work. So I'm getting the feeling of you as being the, the good guy, the nice guy, and that your identity is very tied into that. And because of that, again, that's why it's all falling apart. Is that while I was being the perfect, good, nice guy, how could that not have worked? Everyone tell, told me I was the perfect father, perfect husband, because I was the nice guy. But I think, and even part of the existential crisis that I'm hearing is one that, that this is all uh, kind of uh, shattering for you, this idea that I thought I was doing everything the perfect way. How could it not work? Everyone told me this was what made me so valuable. Um, but also that you realize that there's a lot of yourself that you've been neglecting or denying from your from yourself your whole life. The, the aspects of your needs, your wants, your anger. And I know she said you raised your voice, so maybe it would come out in some ways, maybe not. Um, but that it was it was all about her, and somehow for a long time you were okay with that, and maybe even you thought you could always accept that. But I think the happy wife, happy life, you took it to an extreme where it only was about her. You didn't even exist, and that's why I think you felt so lonely. There was never a connection of her really seeing you. You were just the, the good husband, the good father but you weren't getting what you needed or wanted, and you were actually disconnected from that. I, I, I think I agree with, with a lot of what you said. I mm -hmm. mean, I, I, that is the type of person that I am, that I always put myself last. You know, it's, yeah. I, I'm never the one that takes the last piece of pizza or, <laughs> you know, the first person to serve, you know. So, yeah, I agree with that, but, you know, I guess that's part of the existential crisis. Some of the things that I've also thought of is, you know, again, if that's who you are, if that's who you've been this, this long, how do you go about changing mm -hmm. that? Mm -hmm. Well, the good news is, is that that is still going to always be part of who you are. But what you're going to be doing is adding other parts of yourself that have always been there too, but actually letting them express themselves. So it's not that now you have to be a mean guy or now you have to not be, uh, you know, who you've been, but you're not going to be this perfectly nice guy. And also, there's aspects of you that are still there. They're dormant. Maybe they're sleeping. You're going to have to get in touch with them and start to express them. Yeah, happy wife, but sometimes let your wife know you're unhappy or let your wife know you need this or you need that or she's not giving you enough. That's also part of it. And so it's going to be tough. It's going to be challenging. And actually, I didn't ask you, how old are you right now? 37. 37. Okay. So, you know, yes, for 37 years, you maybe have been living a certain way. So you feel like, how could I become someone different? And you definitely can. 
but it's going to be hard because it's going to feel wrong for you. It's going to feel uncomfortable for you to to express your needs and your wants and, and what you want. And I think you found a wife who the way you're describing her was the perfectly bad compliment to you in the sense that someone who wanted it to be all about you taking care of her, which for you felt really good because you felt needed, but she really didn't need you. But then also you started to resent that she wasn't giving you anything back and maybe she felt more and more independent. She needed you less. And so your role diminished and you were like, where, where do I exist in this? She doesn't need me and she's not giving me anything. You felt very alone. And so there's a selfishness in how you describe her. Again, it could just be your perspective or how you experienced her, but there does seem to be that. And maybe that was there, that you found someone who would make it all about her. And to you, this seems perfect. Look how great this is. I just keep giving. She keeps taking. This is what I wanted. But you really didn't want that. Right. I mean, do you feel like, was she someone that you, you know, you're saying you never put yourself first. Was she someone that put you first? In a lot of ways, yes. Okay, good. I think she did, yeah. And that was, again, that's kind of part of the problem is, you know, seeing the things that we had kind of disappear over the years and not knowing exactly why is, you know, again, trying to figure out what exactly happened, right? Yeah. And, and, and you make a lot of great points here that I, that I kind of need to sit and, and ponder, you mm -hmm. know, for a while. But, again, it, it's just kind of... <laughs> It, it, it's it's kind of a tough thing. Oh, I'm sure. Um, and and there is unfortunately there's no guide for this, so it's no. kind of a you know, walk in the dark. It's going to be a challenge. I mean, and now look, you know, now that you told me you're 37, that means you met her when you were 21. So I mean, it's basically almost your whole adult life she's been it. You know, so I get that there's a lot right. of things you're not just grieving yourself as a husband. I mean, there's just there's a lot that you're, you're going to be going through. So we should expect that it's going to be really challenging. Um, but I hope there are going to be some wake up calls from this experience of seeing how much of yourself, maybe you were neglecting yourself and then creating these relationships where you weren't getting your needs met and somehow accepting that, or even more than accepting that, liking that, wanting that, creating it yourself. Cause that's what you desired, but then it doesn't work. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't become what you want it to be. And then, you know, here you are. And I do also get this idea the way you described yourself as a kid and everyone always said you'd be this great father and husband, that you were that good guy. And you, you clinged onto that so much, that good guy that I'm lovable because I'm always nice. I'm always good. I don't get mad or whatever it might've been that you lost touch with a lot of the aspects of your personality. And if, and when you enter into another relationship, I hope it would be with a more integrated, complete self that has, you know, anger and is going to let the person down sometimes and is going to make it about you sometimes. Those things that might feel uncomfortable for you, but are going to be needed in a relationship is for you to be a whole person. And I think you didn't bring that whole self because you, uh, you know, cut off pieces of yourself when you were somewhere in childhood. We could even get deeper and talk about what was going on in your family if you'd like, um, because my guess is somewhere you took on this role of being the good guy. And then learn to get rid of some of your feelings, thoughts, needs, and all of that. Well, yeah, I mean, I guess typical Persian upbringing, you know, just the sense of shame, the sense of responsibility, duty, honor, and that kind of yeah. stuff. That you know, it's kind of something that's expected. And I guess I took it on a whole another level. Yeah, you know what? I I do want to talk to you a little bit more because to me that would be interesting, and I want to give you that that sense of looking at where where it might have came from. So hang on the line. Let's talk a bit more after the break. Okay? Sure. All right. Thank you. Sure. You're listening to In Session with Dr. Fadi Delacqui. We'll be right back. 
back. Let's go back to the caller, Ruith. Caller, are you still there? Yes, I am. Okay. So, you know, the picture you're painting for me was that you were um, the nice guy and you were talking a bit about your family, but tell me a little bit about your your family, how many siblings you had, your parents, and let's see what we can see there. Sure. Um, so, you know, my, my my parents got divorced. I have two, two younger sisters. Okay. Uh, my parents got divorced when I was younger. Uh, my mom kind of moved away for a while, so she wasn't around for maybe seven, eight years of our, of our early life. Um, but when she came back, you know, then we were all together. The, one of the most amazing things about my life, and one of the things that I'm most grateful for, was everybody from my extended family was here. So my grandparents on both sides were here, and all of my aunts and uncles, all of my cousins. So we were all basically living in the same area, and we were constantly together. So we kind of, even though we were in America, we had that really traditional Persian, close family kind of tribal type of upbringing. Mm-hmm. Um, so from that perspective, you know, doing things for one another and just kind of always being there for one another. You know, again, what I had mentioned before is one of the things that I would say primarily my mother would stress is the kind of respect that you show to people. You know, you, you never, you know, as a child, you're never the first one to go up and, and serve food. You always wait for the elders and, and that kind of stuff. Wait, so, I, I have a, I have a question. You said your mom was gone for seven, eight years. Yes. Because of what? Um, she just, she, you know, I, I think there was a lot of resentment in her own life with her parents and whatever else, but, um, she got up and she left and, you know, she was again, gone for, for several years. And, and, you know, we basically, my, my father raised us and, you know, he did a fantastic job, but yeah, that's, yeah, but that's, that's pretty tough, uh, loss for any kid to deal with. And her yeah. being gone because of her own re- resentments towards her, whatever it was. But I mean, you know, yeah. she was abandoning her role as a, a mother. Um, yeah. And to me, to talk about, okay, you respect your elders or respect this, but you're not respecting your kids or respecting your role as a mom. It's a little bit almost hypocritical, to be perfectly honest with you. You know, sure. that, sure. Um, and it does maybe make sense the way you, you described your wife as at least distant, at least you didn't feel connected to her and your mom being gone, we could see how there's something in your history about the woman being distant, not being available. So there could be some connection to be made there. Um, I can't imagine you didn't feel abandoned by your mom uh, as a child being gone for seven, eight years. Oh yeah. I, I, I mean, I did. And, and that's kind of, so this is something that came up once before, once or twice before a few times, actually during some of these, you know, sessions and stuff that we had is um, really there's a lot of my past, things like with, with my parents' divorce and things like that, that, that clearly, you know, anytime somebody says that these are the things that happen, you know, especially if you have your mom leaving you when you were at a young age, that it's going to have an impact on your life. The thing, though, is for me personally, and, and I guess, you know, I, I don't know how to take that, right, because it's something that I never really – feel, this is something I talked to my dad about recently, too, that, you know, he, he apologized and said a lot of these issues and stuff that I'm having with our relationship was due to him and, you know, the divorce and everything like that, and it had an impact on me. And my response to him was, well, you know, if, if it had an impact on me, I'd never realized it, or it would be at a subconscious level, because I don't feel like it's ever impacted me. Mm-hmm. And his response to that was, 
Of course, it's at an unconscious level. If it was at a conscious level, you would be able to do something about it. Yeah, I think he, that's so, actually very, I, I would uh, almost completely agree with him on that, that I would be almost, I think it's impossible for it not to have impacted you. And he's right. It, most of the impact is going to be in ways that you're not aware of, or, you know, you actually maybe even think they're good things. Sometimes, you know, the way you talk about it, there does seem to be this feeling that you try to put a rosy glow on everything, see everything through rose-colored glasses, even when they were difficult. I mean, you acknowledged it was difficult, but the way you talked about it was about how great your childhood was. And right. I'm sure it was nice to have the extended family, and that's that was good, and I'm glad you had that, but it seems like it was also incredibly painful. But you have a tendency to focus on or make it seem all good because it's, it's hard to accept and look at what happened, which was there was a lot of pain. So I, I think right. your dad, I th and I think it was also very big of him to do that, to apologize to you and to let you know he recognizes that and to have that conversation. But I want you to be aware of that more too and to own that and to recognize that. Right. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, so again, this is the, the, the thing that, that kind of the question that runs through this again, and this goes back to my earlier question again too, is, if these are things that are happening that, that are subconscious or that you don't realize that you're doing, how do you address that? Well, I mean, that's what, that's what therapy is all about. A lot of therapy, especially when you look at analysis, is about making the unconscious conscious or making mm -hmm. us more aware and resolving these, these kind of conflicts or things that are going on. Uh, so I think what you're describing is you're someone who would benefit from really long-term therapy where you get into things. You have to create a relationship with a therapist because a lot of your wounds are relational. So you're going to have to create this healthy bond with the therapist and, and go through this whole process, which is not going to be easy because you're going to have to face a lot of painful things and you're going to have to try to make some changes that are going to feel very uncomfortable for you, feel wrong to you, but will be towards growth. Um, and, and that's really the best way to do that. So with everything you're describing, I would say, and maybe you already, I know you mentioned therapy, so I hope you're going, but really be ready to commit to a long period of time, not just, you know, let me figure some things out, but really get deep and uncover a lot of things and create a relationship with a therapist that itself can be healing for you. So the things that you've said here over the course of the last, you know, 45 minutes or whatever, I, I think you've made a lot of really, really good points and points that really I have not, they haven't been brought up before in kind of my, my prior therapy sessions. The person I'm working with, I've been working with off and on for several years now. Uh, but again, it's kind of more of a, you know, no, things are going well. You need to kind of, but we never get into these types of things. So you're thinking maybe that these are the issues that we should be focusing on. Well, I mean, you know, I, I'm, I try to be very careful about interfering with any professional right. who's doing their work because I don't know what's going on with your therapy with that person. And, you know, there's so many other factors. So I don't want to in any way dictate or even say how your therapy should go with someone. You, if you want, you could bring up these issues uh, with them, wondering if, you know, these things came to your attention and talk about them in therapy. But I, I, it wouldn't be f good for me to, you know, tell you how to go tell the therapist to do their job because I don't know where you guys are at. It also could be that you haven't been bringing in a lot of this stuff for right. him or her to deal with because you've been holding it back or you've been so focused on just the marriage. So I don't know. But to me, these are some pretty significant issues. Your past clearly, I think, affected why you chose the, the wife you did and her personality and all that, and also uh, the kind of marriage and relationship you created with her very much is related to the past. And, you know, having two younger sisters and not having maybe, you know, with your father trying to raise you guys, I can imagine 
not having the amount of parental supervision you guys needed, or, you know, even if he was trying his best, maybe in a lot of ways you had to become a parent at a young age. And so you have that kind of caretaker type thing. And especially with two younger sisters, you were taking care of these two girls. So maybe you have that feeling of I'm supposed to take care of, you know, back then it was happy sisters, happy life, you know, then it became happy life, happy wife, happy life. But it seems like you did always come last. And um, this idea of being the good guy, there's this book called No More Mr. Nice Guy. I don't know the author, but it might be something that you could relate to. Uh, Absolutely. I forgot the author's name, so, but it's called exactly that. So No More Mr. Nice Guy. Um, maybe you'll relate to that. Although in that book, it talks a lot about the mom, and I know your mom wasn't there, but still, I think you'll see some, some things. But I get that feeling that that's so much of your identity is I'm the nice guy. And so right. being yourself, like I said, gets cut off. You might also relate to drama of the gifted child. I'm not trying to give you a lot of homework, but um, <laughs> the, the drama of the gifted child is about a hundred pages. So, you know, but it is pretty deep, but this idea of the, the, the child who had to put away a lot of their own feelings and needs to take care of parents or other situations. So you didn't have, I think the right situation to express your feelings a lot of times. And you got good at that. And unfortunately you got praised for that. Look how good he is. He doesn't ever complain or he doesn't, he always is helping everyone else or he doesn't ask for too much or whatever it might've been. My guess is you got a lot of that type of reinforcement, unfortunately, which taught you more and more to put away those feelings, to not feel things and look how good I am. And that's how I get loved. That's my, um, you know, going back to that existential crisis, that's how I have value is by being the one who's always nice, who doesn't hurt anyone, who doesn't, you know, ask for anything, who doesn't have needs. That's how I gain love. That's my identity. But it, you're, I hope you can recognize you have value as someone who's needing things, as someone who wants things, as someone who asks for things, and as someone who's not always the nice guy. And so, um, you know, and actually, if you enter a relationship and are all of those things, the woman who can actually make things about you and about her both, who can have that balance, wants to have someone who has all those sides. They don't want you to always be nice and, and, and sweet. They need to see a full person, even if it's annoying sometimes or frustrating to see those sides, but they want to connect with you. So I'm glad you're in therapy. I'd say continue um, in therapy. You know, you want to make sure you're getting deep into these things so you can even bring them up if you'd like with your therapist. Here are some things, you know, if you want, you could talk, either we talked or just say you thought about these things and just, you know, look at some of them because I think they're affecting you. And, you know, the divorce is going to be painful uh, and, and you have to be ready for that. I'm sorry you're going through that. It, you know, it, it's going to be a tough time. My hope is that through that pain comes a lot of growth and you come out the other side a stronger and more complete version of yourself and that when you then choose and are feeling ready to enter a relationship you will bring more aspects of yourself into it and your wants and needs will also be important to you and to that partner and you can build a much stronger relationship so that would be my hope for you yeah me too yeah. So. I really appreciate your time and oh. your advice, Dr. Hosea. Oh. Excellent advice. And it's been a pleasure talking to you. I appreciate you calling in. And, you know, even one more comment. I wrote it down. It was one of the first things you said. You said, I want to make this call more general so it helps more people than just me. Even in your calling and asking me for help, you wanted it to not be about you. You wanted to help other people. It, it couldn't be just about you getting help. And so right. I want you to hear that. That, to me, already kind of you know, gave me a little hint as to maybe your, your, you know, this personality that you, you have, but I want you to recognize that it could be about you. You're allowed to get help and 
get needs met and, and it, for it to be about you. So don't forget that, okay? Okay. It was Thank a pleasure you so talking much. to you. Have a great day. You too. Thank okay, you. Take Bye-bye. care. Bye-bye. All right. We're going into our last commercial break. You're listening to In Session with Dr. Fadi Delacqui. We'll be right back. Welcome back. Let's go to another caller. Radio Hamra, you're on the air. Hi there. Hi. Thanks for calling. Thank you for answering my, sure. my call. This is regarding uh, my son, who is eight years old. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm calling from Canada. He was born here. He's the only child. And uh, we have two concerns about uh, his behavior, uh, which I don't know uh, how to deal with it, basically. Okay. Uh, one thing is that uh, we feel like he's kind of uh, manipulated between me and his dad. And uh, he sometimes he comes to me and he says, um, uh, do you know I like you more than my dad? I don't like him. Uh, I don't want him to be my dad. And then he goes sometimes to his dad and he says the same thing. Hmm. Uh, and this can be over... Uh, really small things, like, for example, we tell him, okay, uh, you had enough TV time, so uh, now is time to sleep, or, you know, you have your class, you have to go. Uh, this is one of the issues that we have. Hmm. Okay, now, let me ask you something. How are things between you and your husband? Um, regarding that, I can say we had a lot of challenges. Uh, especially when he was younger. Um, now we are, let's say, settling down a little bit. Okay. Because he might feel like you and your husband are against each other, so he, you know, he has to take sides, or he can, uh, by saying he doesn't like the other one, you're going to like it. You know, maybe he's seen you guys be too uh, fighting, too much, too negative towards each other. So he actually thinks if I tell mom I don't like dad, he, she's going to like it because she doesn't like dad. Right. Which actually we clear that with him. Actually, we said. Um, I mentioned it to him that, for example, you know, if you say you like your dad, uh, I, I'll be more than happy to hear that because, first of all, he's my husband, so I feel good if I see you, you like your dad, and you have a good relationship that makes me happy. Why you think that would make me upset, or uh, I won't be jealous if I see you guys being happy together and having fun together. And maybe I wouldn't get like I wouldn't be jealous at all that I would just you know you could just talk about it oh I I know I love you I love your dad we all you know we're a family and whatnot mm-hmm. but it seems like maybe those earlier fights disagreements whatever he saw has left an impact on him mm-hmm. um, so that's something to, to think about but you're saying when you say things are settling down what do you mean you guys are fighting less or are you guys in a much better place. Uh, we are in a much better place, let's say. Yes, we, okay. we have less fights. We are coming to more agreements. Um, so it, things are being uh, much easier than before. Okay. And, and that, that, that sounds good, but also, you know, even the way I, I said it, maybe I should have been more clear. Because sometimes couples will say, well, we don't fight anymore. And they think that means things are good. And that's better. But... It doesn't necessarily mean you're close. So less fights doesn't mean closeness. 
And so your son might feel that too. So do you feel like you guys have gotten closer, resolved it, or it's just you guys have basically learned not to fight anymore? That's a good point. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Sometimes we just try to... Uh, Stay out of each other's way kind of thing? Not get too deep mm-hmm. to the issues, yeah. let's say. Yeah, but see, that's uh, the thing is your son is, you know, so there's hot bad when it's like you're fighting, and then there's cold bad when there's like not a lot of connection, not a lot of love. Correct. And your son is going to feel that too. So, yes, it's good you guys aren't fighting and arguing and, you know, let's, let's say yelling in front of him. I never would want that. But if the marriage feels to a degree loveless or not very loving, your son is going to feel that, you know, emptiness too. So he still doesn't think you love dad so much just because you don't yell at him anymore or don't fight with him. He still thinks you don't care much about him. So if I tell you I don't like dad, that's going to make mommy happy. So I I know you called to say I'm I'm worried about my my son's behavior, but I'm worried about you and your husband's behavior. I, I, I totally get it. I agree with you. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I'm glad you guys are fighting less, but if you want to help your child, you know, as you know, just staying together for the child is not what we want. You have to create a good marriage um, for the child. The marriage between, you know, you and your husband, the marriage between the mother and the, the father, the two parents, it creates the context or this environment. If it's a warm, loving environment, your children are raised in this warm, loving place if there's a coldness they're raised in coldness if there's fighting they're raised in tension and chaos but that really is in a way the foundation of the home is that um that marriage and that relationship and to be a good mother you have to also be a good wife and to be a good father you have to also be a good husband it has to be part of what you do as a parent so i would say you and him need to go to therapy to work on the relationship Yes, we are. We are actually working on Good. it. It's been a few years that we are going to therapy. Um, unfortunately, we have been changing too many therapies because it, it, it hasn't been working for us. Um, but we are still working on it, definitely. Okay. And was there a you know what kept you guys from having a second child? Um, basically, all the issues that we had and. Mm. Also, at the same time, um, I had to work. Uh, so uh, okay. for me, it was very difficult uh, with my first one because I I actually took two years maternity leave. So I stayed with him until he was two, and that was a lot of uh, financial pressure on us. Mm-hmm. Um, and after that, I found our relationship uh, getting a little bit worse than before because now... Uh, uh, you know, all these parenting issues I, we couldn't ignore anymore, which before we used to do that, just ignoring the issues between us and just letting it go. But now parenting issues, it was something that we couldn't let it go. So we had a lot more argue, mm-hmm. um, and we found that it's, it's not going to be easy to have a second one. Okay. And that's another thing about the parenting, you know, even you said something about him manipulating, coming back and forth between you guys, you and him, your father, uh, his father, your husband have to be on a unified front. You guys have to be on the same page when it comes to parenting or else your son is going to learn that, well, if I ask mom for this, she might give me one answer. If I ask dad for this, he might give me another answer. So he'll learn to play that game, which we don't want. So you guys have to be on the same page. Um, having conversations beforehand about 
certain types of boundaries and rules and things that you guys have in the house and making sure you're in agreement with them or else your son is going to learn that uh, no from mom could be a yes from dad, you know? Yeah. Now, it seemed like you were going to say there's also another thing about your son. That was one thing. Is there another behavior or something that you're concerned about? Yes. Uh, actually, uh, let's, let's just stay on this subject sure. uh, before we move on to the next one, because I have another uh, thing just came to my mind. For example, you're saying that um, first we should agree on one thing, and then we talk about it with him Um we have some disagreements about, for example, um, how we talk or how we, uh, in let's say, in um, public, how we, we speak to each other or to speak with, uh, with strangers. Uh, my husband is kind of like, um, uh, let's say when he's driving, he gets really upset. Now it's, it's much, much less now because we're really working and he's working on it. Mm-hmm. But this is I'm talking about before, for example. He gets really upset and uh, he starts using words or saying things that we don't, we shouldn't be doing it. He shouldn't use these words in front of him. And, um, you know, at this point, I, I, I can't keep quiet. So... Uh, we get to an argument, and then, um, you know, he picks that up. My son picks that up um, so fast, and then uh, he mentioned it to me. He says, um, you know, Mom, I don't like the way Dad talks about uh, people when he's driving. Um, and then he, 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 you know, he brings up these issues, and I really don't know how to... Um, talk to this uh, well you know my concern and even what he's saying it it seems like he he's trying to play that role of oh mommy's gonna like this let me be on her side and that really does worry me you know and you only have one child which makes it even worse because he's alone in all this absorbing all of this but it seems like he might be uh, emotionally and, and kids are in general but maybe your child is even more sensitive to these things so he's picking up on okay mommy didn't like that because he's not telling daddy daddy you did a bad thing He's coming and telling you. It seems like almost behind. Is he saying when your your husband is not there or in front of his dad? Uh, well, sometimes even in front of. Him. Okay. Well, either but way, but it seems alone when they are alone too. Right? Yeah, but it seems like he's some way trying to say, "Mommy, I'm I'm on your side. Like we're a team." And that's a really, really big problem. And that's because I think you, there isn't a strong enough unit up top between you and your husband. So your son is trying to align with you guys. And, and, and this is really concerning. You're pulling your, your son in and he's going to start, uh, you know, in a way can relate to the caller I was talking to him maybe differently, but similarly, he's going to stop thinking about what he wants or needs and trying to be there for you guys. He, he's trying to play almost like mini therapist or peacekeeper in the home. He doesn't really consciously understand it. But that's my worry. He's like, okay, mommy didn't like what daddy did. Later on, I could tell mommy I didn't like what daddy did either. And me and mommy are on the same team. We're on, you know, she's going to be good job, son. You, you know, I love you because you agree with me. So you and your husband really have to work. I'm glad you're going to therapy, but, you know, you guys got to work on this. And, and it's going to make your son, you're going to, this pressure is kind of uh, squeezing him. You know, the way I'm feeling, what I'm imagining the, your son is like this, all this pressure and it's squeezing your, your son into all this tension and pressure and anxiety and stress. And he's not able to be himself to be himself. He needs the space to be relaxed and comfortable, but the home sounds like a tense place. Right. 
So, you know, the, you're, you're, you and your husband have to communicate more and, and about the parenting and be on the same page, but also you, you got to make things better because I think your son is, is picking up on all that and it's really affecting him. Mm-hmm. Okay. So yeah, continue with the, you know, was the other behavior related to what you just brought up? Uh, actually, the second one is related to uh, his friendship. Mm-hmm. Um, he's very emotional. And, uh, you know, when he, be, he, when he makes friends, he puts a lot of effort in his relationship. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when he doesn't see it from the uh, other child, it really push him back. Mm. Uh, and he, he's very disappointed all of a sudden, and he doesn't want to do anything anymore with that child. Mm. Um, so I've been trying to talk to him about, like, you know, um, finding the best friend. It, it, it takes some time. Uh, you can look at these friends as a playmate, and uh, in long term, in, in this relationship, you can find your best friend uh, by the um, um, more common things that you have together, uh, but don't get too uh, disappointed too fast. Uh, but he really gets hurt. By yeah, that. you know, we and have I just. I really don't know how to yeah. talk to him. About sure, that. you know, we just, uh, you know, maybe I should have even brought up the second issue because I'm looking at the time. We have just about a minute left, so this is going to be a complicated one. Um, you know, you want to give him that support as always. Empathize with him when he's. Um, when he's sad about it, you know, a lot of times parents can minimize these things. Oh, who cares? Find another friend. It's not a big deal. You know, he's getting hurt. But I, again, am hearing that your, your son feeling very alone. And that's my concern. Now, again, he's an only child, so he doesn't have that companion in the home. I hope you create opportunities from outside the home, sports teams, um, you know, different types of clubs, classes that he likes to get him out there because he needs to interact with lots of other kids. But my concern is he's very alone in the home. And so that's, again, kind of come back to you and your husband. This issue, I, I wish we could have talked some more about it, but I have to wrap up the show. But really, for me, you and your husband have to take this as seriously as you can. I, I know you are by going to therapy, but recognize that he's an expression of the dysfunction in the home, you know, what he's experiencing and expressing. So you guys need to make that marriage much better much more loving and and less tension so your son can be comfortable in that home because right now i feel like he's not and if he is very emotional as you said well that means even more he's sensitive to these things and he's going to react even more strongly and it's going to affect him more deeply so you know continue taking that seriously but look at you and your husband as being the solution not as him as the problem mm-hmm. okay maybe call back again we could talk more about the friend issue um, but either way best of luck to you have a good day Okay, thank you so much. Sure. I appreciate it. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Yeah. All right. Thank you to all the callers out there and to Rahman here in the studio. You've been listening to In Session with Dr. Fadi Delok. We have a wonderful day.